If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you. Hey, this is Melanie Johnson. Thanks for joining us. The NFT market, non-fungible token, has been blowing up. We have with us today someone who sold out, did the marketing genius behind Goat Society that sold out in five minutes for $3.2 million. Yep, you got it right. $3.2 million in five minutes. Not only has he just been a force in the NFT market that's still brand new, he has launched since then, since his first project in the last couple of months, I think he's done five projects since then in just two months. He's just blowing it up besides being an Instagram influencer, um, already being verified on Instagram, knows how to build a brand, build a discord. He is going to demystify a lot of that for us today. Nathan Johnson, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit, how in the heck did you get started really uh, in the social media world and really transitioned into NFTs when you had told me in the backstory was you really didn't know a lot about NFTs. Yeah, it's interesting. There, there's a video clip about Gary Vee that goes around that was where he said that 90 days ago, he didn't know anything about NFTs. And then 90 days later, he did $90 million worth of revenue off of his collection. And I was the same way. I didn't know much about NFTs. I was really into crypto. The crypto crash happened. Didn't really bode too well for me. I, it was my first crash. I'm only 21. That was something that I had to learn very quickly. And I looked to diversify what I was invested in and stumbled upon NFTs. And I honestly thought they were stupid. I just didn't get it. Didn't get the value. And then as time went on and I was getting it explained to me that you buy things in video games, those are technically NFTs. I'm a big video game guy, so it connected and didn't still didn't really see an avenue for me to make money until a, believe it or not, a high school teacher connected me with somebody who was also went to the same high school as me, who I didn't know that was doing an NFT project that said that they needed marketing. It actually is a funny story. I let my high school teacher rent one of my cars and that's how the entire thing started. The student said, wow, I really like your car. And my teacher said, it's actually a former student. He's a marketing guy. He does a lot of marketing. And funny enough, he said, I'm doing an NFT project. We need somebody to do the marketing for it. Can you connect us? So we connected, we went to the same high school, never knew each other. That project was the first ever one. It was in October. It did about half a million dollars and then it was done. And we were bummed about it as, as, high of a number as 500,000 seems. We wanted to do two or 3 million. I took that knowledge of the failure because you learn more when you fail than when you succeed. Took that knowledge and told this new team at Goat Society, which is the project you're referring to that did 3.2 million in five minutes. Took my knowledge there and did 3.2 million in five minutes, like we've been saying, and made sure that we didn't make the same mistakes that we did on our previous project. And it went well and we're still doing well. We have events that go down every week. It's a very much like you have to keep up with it kind of thing. It's almost like a kid. It's born, you nurture it for a while, and then it's independent, but not really. So it still relies on us, but it's almost, I think it's like preteen right now. And then eventually it'll be a 21-year-old moved out, all that stuff. We don't have to worry about it anymore. I like books in a way that you launch a book and you think it's over. You're like, oh, I got my book. And then it's just there, but you have to kill, keep trying to get sales. And in the NFT world, you're trying to market for after sales, aren't you? And keep the community yeah. going. Yeah. yeah. So in NFTs, there's your primary sales and secondary sales. So where I make the most money is on primary so far, mm -hmm. but where there is the most money to be made is second. Secondary is essentially your secondary market. So once you buy an NFT, the initial drop, they call it a mint. So you're minting an NFT. After that, since that's a primary sale, if you ever sell that NFT that you purchased during the release, then mm -hmm. that's a secondary sale. And I only get as the project owner, anywhere from two and a half to 10% of that sale, but it's for life. So if you have a great project, like crypto punks or board a yacht club who have done billions right in secondary sales then 
let's say they're taking, I believe they take two and a half percent. So they've made a lot of money, at least 250 million, right? Yeah, so we're constantly making money. If you keep nurturing it, you're constantly getting those residual income. Yeah. So talk to me about the marketing of it. Like you mentioned about having mistakes from the first project. What Mm -hmm. did you do different from the first project to the second project that's working and kind of break down and deconstruct what do you have to do to launch and market an NFT? Yeah, so it's funny because the market moves really fast and it's scary because two months ago you were able to sell out a project, let's say using $50,000. You could sell out a project that would do 3 million because there was no barrier. There's a huge barrier of entry. Nobody knew there's no information on how to sell out a project. So only a select few people knew how to do it. And there's just a lot of people who are good at marketing in the world. People understand it. It's not too complicated, at least in my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. to market things. But eventually people started to pick up on that. And then you had to start spending $100,000, right? And then it switched from being focused on Twitter mainly to being focused on Instagram. And then if you were good at Twitter, but not good at Instagram, then you couldn't sell out projects anymore. And now it's becoming where if you're not good on Instagram, or if you're good on Instagram, but not good in the code that I just cracked last night for, I think where all the projects, it was three in the morning and I figured out something that I think is where the market's moving. If you're not good at that, then you're gonna fail again. So a lot of how to market it is honestly not knowing how. That's why the failures are so important. So my superpower was that I didn't know anything about NFTs three months ago. So I have no preconceived notions on how these are supposed to work. A lot of like Gary V level people would probably look down upon people making their own projects that don't really have a utility. They're just like for fun. Because Gary's whole thing is he finds value in his hand-drawn pieces of art that he's uploading, whatever. But I think whether or not you understand it and whether or not you are looking down on it or not, you have to respect it. And I think I've personally earned a lot of people's respect. I've had a lot of people reach out, obviously, after the projects, one of which we interviewed previously that I think is going to be shown at the summit too. Marketing NFT projects, I could tell you one thing, but it's December, end of December right now. This is going up mid-January. It's It's going to be evergreen. You never know when you're going to watch this, but yeah, it's going to be something completely different. Right now, we transitioned from Twitter to Instagram. Instagram is ending. So all of these people who are good at this block will probably never sell out an NFT project ever again. But the people who are good at this, who are also good at revolutionizing, imagine you had a marketing company, you were the largest television marketing company in the world. And you saw television and YouTube and all this stuff. And you said, like, not really for me. Those people are out of business, right? The only difference is that in NFTs, every month is like two years. That's the difference. And it does change so fast. The, it's like, you have to be nimble. You have to be innovative. You have to keep trying different stuff. So you, it's like, you're chasing the money, right? Oh man. And Twitter's really big. So let me invest. I'll get some Twitter pages, promote it, sell ads on that. If you're at the back end, then all of a sudden that money's just going to evaporate and go somewhere else because they're trying to find the new way to promote it. Talk about community because that seems so big to me from what I've seen. And really it lives on discord. Do you think discord is still going to be viable and building those communities there for NFT launches? I think Discord will continue to be more valuable. They're doing a lot to eliminate mass marketing efforts on Discord. So the same way that people do email blasts, huge email marketing, imagine you were doing email marketing to support your business. And then Yahoo comes out and says that we have found a way to block all mass emails, right? People would freak out and they'd be like, how are we going to email market? That's what Discord is doing right now. So they have found essentially a patch to mass marketing on their application, which has made it extremely difficult for people to sell out projects and market it all on Discord. But at the same time, that's why it's so valuable to build that community because it's hard to build it now. Anything that is worth doing is going to be hard. And we've found workarounds, we've found little loopholes to make sure that we can still do it, but 
discord is something that it's not right for every business, but for NFTs, it's just works. Mm -hmm. And they're also announcing, although they are patching the mass marketing efforts, they are announcing and have announced. And same thing with Twitter. Twitter announced this as well. And I think Instagram too, that they're going to have an NFT section of their apps that verify if your profile picture, like if your profile picture is an NFT, there's a function that they're adding to basically verify that you own that NFT and they'll give you like a little check mark. So this is actually the person who owns this NFT. That is their NFT. And they'll just give yeah. you a little. Same thing. Like when you think of Instagram, like a lot of people don't understand NFTs and I'm stealing this right from Gary V, but a lot of people don't understand Gary or NFTs, but they look at all the famous people on Instagram with blue checks because mm -hmm. they're verified. That's an NFT. People pay a lot of money to be verified. There's a whole underground market of people who pay to get verified and twenty to $80,000. So it's a lot of money and that's an NFT. It's a stamp of credibility. Why wouldn't you want to verify if this person owns CryptoPunk number 1017 when CryptoPunks are $500,000? Yeah, as who they are, it's like wearing the Rolex watch out. It's, oh, that guy's got a Rolex watch. He must make X. In your mind, you're already thinking he must make X amount of money. He's driving a Tesla. He must be of this stature. So if yeah. they can view your NFT wallet, so to speak, then you're making decisions on that. Do you see that it's valuable to own an NFT and to buy and yeah. sell them? Because you've been on the selling market. You've bought some, but how do you view that part of it? Yeah, it's funny. I don't buy many NFTs, but there, it's interesting because I'm very young and there's something that I've learned in life is that I started off buying Instagram accounts and making money on them and then trying to flip them or trying to manage them. And instead of just getting one or two large pages, I would buy seven or eight small pages. And eventually it would become that I would have not enough time to run all of them, but I would always think to myself, wow, if only I could package them up into one page that was yeah. making as much as all of them combined. And I think it's the same way with cars because I used to have a 2011 Chevy Silverado. That thing would always go down in value, no matter what, no matter how much I tried, it was always down in value. Subaru BRZ was next. That thing went down in value too. And then the, my next car was a Tesla and the Tesla bought it myself was my car because it's a little bit higher up there, right? It's more, it's a larger purchase. It's a bigger risk. That car, I just sold it recently for $2,000 less than what I paid for it. Obviously the market right now is crazy, but the two cars that I have right now, AMG GTS and a G wagon, those cars both are going up in value because Mercedes and there's no more V8 engines. They're never making the GT, which I have. They're never making it again. It's the same way with NFTs. So if I would have just gone out and bought the bigger Instagram page and took more of a risk, it's almost safer to take more of a risk because let's say you spend a quarter of a million dollars on random NFT projects that you see, or you could spend a quarter of a million dollar on the number one top contender. Let's say it's a board ape, right? Everybody's talking about board apes. Nobody's talking about these other hundred projects that you might have invested in. Everybody's talking about this one. So I personally am waiting to a point where I'm financially secure enough to buy a $250,000 piece of digital art. I don't want to screw around with the 10 to $20,000. I just, when I do it, I want to do it big and I want to do it right. And the same thing goes for a lot of things. If you do it right, don't go for like the budget one. Like I bought a pre-owned Rolex when I was 19 years old and lost a bunch of money on it because it didn't have a box. It didn't have papers. It had a bunch of issues. I had to get it fixed just because I wanted one so bad and I didn't want to have to save up anymore. Right now, when I buy a watch, it's brand new box papers. And that watch goes up in value. NFTs, don't buy the ones without the box and papers. Don't buy the ones that are beat up. Buy a big one. Buy a good one. Do but your not anybody can afford $250,000 NFT. Correct. So it's looking Correct. at 
what should you look at a project? Should it be the strong community? Should it be the artist? What should they look for? Because you can still get them for 200 you to can, a couple can, thousand dollars that are going to go up yeah. exponentially. Yeah, you can get some very good projects. So what you want to look for is just the mainstream attention. There are a lot of small projects right now. Goat Society is a great example. A project you can get in right now for 500 bucks for a goat. And we have a lot of events coming in. It's interesting because it's almost like the CEO of Apple telling you to buy Apple stock. You know, like, hey, stock's only 200 bucks a pop. Like, I know that Apple's got good things coming. You should buy Apple, right? But we know that Goat Society has a lot of good things coming. It's only $500. What you want to look for, and if a project just have a, has a lot of hype, like a lot of influencers are talking about it, I want to be careful. Make sure that there are reputable influencers. So I don't know the age range of who's going to be at the summit. I don't think anybody's going to know who this person is, but there's a very reputable NFT figure named FaZe Banks. And anything that he posts on his story is not paid. Every other influencer that you see that posts an NFT is they most likely got paid to do it and they don't own one. Yeah. Faith Banks is somebody that everybody knows he doesn't get paid. He just does it because he, excuse me, he loves NFTs and he believes in the project. I have an investment strategy. Buy anything that he posts is my investment strategy. I've bought five of everything that he's posted and I double my money every single time on it. I sell when I've doubled it. I could have tripled, but every single time that he's posted, it's like a $500 project. Hey, I really believe in this project. It's only 500 bucks. They have a good future. I'll go and buy 10 of them for five grand. And then the next day it's 30 for all of them. So mm -hmm. things like you have to know the right influencer. You have to see that the community is there because if every run of the mill influencer will take $200 to post a story, right? You want to look for the people who either cost the NFT a lot of money to do, at least they care about it in some regard, or it's a complete, it's a very trustworthy influencer who doesn't do paid promotion like FaZe Banks, who is just yeah. doing it because they believe in the project. So if you look at things like that, basically mainstream for non-mainstream projects, right? Mm -hmm. Society is a good example. Let me think of what others. Ducks. It's a bunch of ducks. A good one. A lot of people talk about that. Kongs. There's a project called Kongs. They have a lot of mainstream attention and they're only like a thousand bucks to get into. Honestly, if you go to OpenSea and you look at sort by one month activity, seven day activity, you can, or an all time activity, you can get some good digital art that obviously is going to be around because OpenSea gives you the statistics. If it's going like this, it probably will keep going like that. If you look at the stock market, most of the time, if you look at it, the 10 year, it's just that. So don't be afraid to buy when it's going up. Don't be afraid to buy the, into the S&P 500 tracking stock because it's going up. Because in five years, it'll be up here. And then you'll be like, well, it's too high to buy it now. Just buy. So you can afford. Buy what you can afford, but buy the top of the top of the line for what you can afford is a better way of saying if you can't afford the like if I'm saying don't cheap out and buy the pre-owned Rolex with no box, no papers, buy the fifty thousand dollar one. That doesn't make any sense. What I'm really saying is, look, if you have if like me in my situation back then, buying a watch for nine thousand dollars, I probably should have bought a Omega. Omega is a great brand right? I probably should have bought an Omega with the box and the papers. Yeah, it's not a Rolex, but I've got the box. I've got the papers. I did it right. It's brand new. Yeah. It holds that value. So it's the same with NFT projects. For me, I'm waiting till I can buy an ape or a punk. For you guys, it might, you might be the same, or you might be where I was like a year ago with NFTs, which is, I just want to buy into these $500 to $1,000 ones. Yeah. And that's right? a good place, I think, to experiment because that's people can risk $500 to $1,000 yeah. more or less than, and they feel like what happens if something, if it goes upside down, then it goes upside down. Let's talk about, you did an ebook. One of your companies did an ebook, Instagram at Riches. Talk about why you did it and what you're seeing the results is. Yeah, so we realized Obviously, me talking about Instagram, how effective it is for marketing, we realized that some of these large 
Instagram pages that had a huge following of entrepreneurs, 25, 35, 40 year olds, were able to really make a lot, a lot of money on selling NFT promotion. Mm-hmm. And when I say a lot of money, I mean, you have people who are 20 years old running Instagram pages that are making like two to $10 million a month off of selling advertising. So that being said, took some of the money from all of our NFT success, got with some of my buddies who are investors as well, started the brand at riches on Instagram. We went from 50,000 to in two weeks, because we started middle of December or and early December in two weeks, we're at 180,000 followers now mm-hmm. able to cash flow three to $5,000 a day. And we made an ebook. And the ebook is essentially, it's a book, 29.99 about everything you need to know about NFTs. So we took our experience from our projects and a lot of just very helpful tutorials that we found online to give people a good baseline of everything that they need to know before they go and buy one. So what even is a mint? How, what is OpenSea? How do you buy on OpenSea? What's a MetaMask? All that stuff. And... Eventually, because I think that the market is going to become metaverse focused. I actually went to the metaverse or like a mainstream metaverse for the first time last night. And I thought it was super cool. There's a lot of things that were already set up. And if this is going on in February, that is probably okay for me to say this. But the next where I think the market is moving is metaverse advertising. Mm -hmm. So there was social media advertising. Before social media, it was banner ads out in public. Then it was banner ads on social media, on the internet, was in public, internet, then social media. Now I think that it's going to be moving into the metaverse. So I actually logged into this metaverse. They get 20,000 users a day. It's called the Centerland. It's been like two to five Xing their monthly members every single month. So by the time this launches, there might be 50 to 100 to 200,000 people who log in every single month onto this metaverse. And there's different plots of land that you can visit that have different things going on each plot. So one plot is a poker casino. You mm-hmm. go there in the metaverse, you sit down at a table and play poker. So I went and did this last night. It was like two in the morning and I'm playing poker with a bunch of people who have their built out characters who look exactly like them. And I went to go place a bet and it wouldn't let me. And my MetaMask popped open in the top right-hand corner and said, hey, if you want to bet, you have to buy Decentraland coin and transfer the Decentraland coin from your MetaMask to us to play in our plot of land, right? So I think it's going to transition to who can own and build the coolest piece of Metaverse land which then people will come and play on to earn passive income. So you will earn passive income. Like whoever built that poker table is earning passive income on every single person who enters that piece of land and plays poker. So it's like you can build an online casino in the metaverse, never touch it. There's no upkeep because there's no employees. It's just a computer program. There's really no laws because you're in the metaverse and you're exchanging some Fugazi dollar. Yeah. So just witnessed it last night and I thought it was absolutely crazy. But the craziest part was that there were the metaverse equivalent of a door-to-door salesman who would walk up to you, add you as a friend, and then message you saying, hey, have you heard about this project? Have you heard about this NFT project? And it blew my mind because I was like, these are the equivalent of real life, not panhandlers, but sign spinners when you're driving around and there's a guy spinning the sign that says click this yeah and it's in the metaverse and so i thought that was super cool and i think that eventually what's going to happen is there's going to be metaverse marketing agencies which is what uh, me and my company are working on right now where hey coca-cola you want to build the metaverse then you come to us we'll buy the piece we'll buy you the piece of land we'll build it out for you Not only that, okay, now you have a built out piece of land, but nobody's there. So what else are we going to do? There are stadiums in the metaverse. There are billboards in the metaverse. And you can pay, currently you can, 
pay for your website or your plot of land or your NFT to be on these metaverse billboards. But no company knows how to do that right now. So what we're going to start doing is packaging it up. You want a $20,000 package for metaverse? We'll buy you the land. We'll build it out for you. We'll put you on this billboard, on this billboard in the metaverse Times Square, that kind of stuff. That's where the market is shifting. Holy. So it's I'm very interesting. I, I didn't understand the metaverse either. And then I logged in last night and I was just literally on the metaverse before I got on this call. I was talking to a bunch of people that I met. I was reading on Bloomberg, like you said, everyone has their own, their, have their outfits and stuff where Gucci and YSL, they're all going to have their clothes that you can dress your character, but you have to buy the clothes from them to dress your character in exactly. the metaverse. Exactly. How do you think individual companies and entrepreneurs can use this and leverage it? Like a small yeah, so business person or an author even. How can an author say, hey, I'm going to have my own land with all my stuff that walks you into my book? That's exactly how. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be complicated at first for, I have to admit, I think being an author is probably up there with owning a restaurant. It's a mm -hmm. very hard business, right? You're a publisher, so you know firsthand book writing and selling books and whether it's an ebook or it, it's a hard business. And I think that obviously the, the front runners to everything are the people who sell courses and sell like tutorials on how to, so where the metaverse is going right now is you're going to have a bunch of metaverse gurus. Great example is this guy named Vegas Dave. Nobody know, knew who this guy was. He has 2 million followers and he's posting on Instagram that I think he was in Jersey Shore. I think that's where he started, but he was in Jersey Shore. And now he's wearing this like million dollar Richard Mill watch, posting it on his Instagram saying the metaverse is making me rich. I'm a metaverse God. If you want my metaverse land, click the link in my bio, you can buy my metaverse. Land. He's essentially a real estate agent mixed with, an, with Ty Lopez, like formulating this whole plot to sell his land to his followers and convince them that, his land is better than everybody else's because he studies the market and he knows what land is going to appreciate. It, so it can was anyone go in and buy land? I've seen someone sent me stuff. Anybody can made, go in and buy land. It was an NFT thing. Like they had NFTs as land, but that's not the same as the metaverse land, is it? It's two no, totally different things. You're buying, a, you're buying a piece of land that you can do whatever you want with. Here's a good example. Atari, they've been outdated for a long time. And they've been trying desperately to revive themselves as a company. So what they did was a few months ago, they went and bought the center plot of land in Sandbox, which is another metaverse. They bought the center plot for $3.6 million. The entire plot, it's huge. So anytime you look at the, sand, the Sandbox, smack in the middle is Atari. And then if you go up a little, Big Dog's whole piece of land, because Snoop Dogg is big into NFTs and metaverse and whatever and a lot of other companies nike built a playground in a metaverse for all these kids to come in and play in and roblox is the perfect example of a metaverse roblox was the metaverse before metaverses they were so ahead and i bought roblox stock last night because i it finally clicked in my head like these people have been doing it for so much longer than everybody else but anybody can go buy a piece of land it's just it just costs a little bit. Well, you said like Sandbox has one. Are there different people who have different lands? So it's not just one place that has all this land. It's different people who've started different metaverse lands. Think of it like different countries. Okay. Actually, no, it can't be different countries. Think of different planets. So you have Decentraland, which is this one planet that you can buy land on. And then completely disconnected, you have Sandbox, which is another planet that you can buy land on. So if you want to go play Decentraland, I typed in Decentraland, clicked on it, built my character, and then I was loaded in. And in there you have 2,000, or it's, they say minimum 2,500 concurrent players at all times. So you're in there with 2,500 people who are scattered across the planet on different plots of land. So wow. I went and played poker. There were 300 people on the little poker plot. You can talk to all of them, play poker with them. There's a casino with like roulette and blackjack that you can go to. There's wow. fashion stores that you can spend money to trick out your character in the metaverse. So if you're an author, you can sell your book in the metaverse. If you're a clothing brand, you can sell your clothing in the metaverse. Right now, the best thing for the metaverse is selling your clothing on the metaverse. 
because that's what you can like flex in the metaverse right now is clothing. Um, accessories in the metaverse, your piece of land, if you build something cool on that piece of land and get people to go and look at it, you can earn money that way. And that's a good business. But I think that it's ever evolving. And in a year, metaverse might seem very like the metaverse might make sense to everybody just how like nfts are starting to make sense to everybody yeah because until it makes dollars it doesn't make sense is how it usually goes so when nfts weren't making any money it didn't make sense to me then you make 3.2 million in five minutes and all of a sudden it starts to add up a little bit and then for you, you have been watching all of these NFTs sell, right? Everybody has. Now it's starting to make sense. It's like when Mark Zuckerberg brought up the idea of Facebook, I'm sure he had a bunch of people who threw it in his face. Like this doesn't make sense. Or Apple with building computers. Like why would somebody want a computer in their house? It just doesn't make any sense. But then once they started selling them and once everybody had them, then everybody was like, how did nobody think of this? This was an amazing idea. How could anybody ever say this is a bad idea? It's because it wasn't making dollars yet. Yeah. So once this metaphor stuff starts to really pick up, it's going to make sense for everybody. And we are at like the beginning of what happened in 2000s when I was born, the internet boom, where you had a bunch of public companies that were losing money every year. But since they were revolutionary yeah. internet companies, they had a crazy valuation. 99% of people are going to go out of business in my mind. Yeah. I, I will not be one of those 99%, <laughs> right? But everybody else will, but I will not. And me and my team will not be. So like the, be very careful, do your due diligence, bring it back to the pre-owned Rolex example. Don't do it. If you yeah, can't there's a lot of sketchy people level, out there. There's a lot yeah. of people that are just in it for the money, the short haul. And there's a lot of uh, sketchy people. Am I allowed to use language on this? Because there's a great example. Yeah, you can use language. Okay. Don't buy a piece of shit that is dressed up to look better, right? So don't buy an NFT project because it's more expensive, but you don't really understand it because it's a status thing or whatever. If you don't understand board Apes, don't buy the board Ape. If you think it's a pile of poop, right? Don't buy it. Do your research, even if it's, 20 cents for an nft even if it's 20 cents for a metaverse piece of metaverse clothing if you truly believe that it has value then there's a chance that other people will too and it's just better to hold on to something like that and be proud of your investment rather than buying the expensive thing that might not really be the coolest but you can like brag about it to your friends don't do well, let's shift over to, we've talked a lot about buying, but let's talk about creating. So authors are wanting to step into this new universe of NFTs. How do they create their book that they can sell as an NFT? Or is it that, you know, they're just doing a visual of it. And then the smart contract has a bunch of stuff that they can offer as an author. What do you, what would you suggest for someone who came to you and said, listen, I got this great book. I've got a great community that follows me. What should I do to step into this world to make my book part of an NFT project? Yeah. So it's, I would say right now, you're going to start to have NFT book publishing. That'll be big. The reason that I think it's great for authors is because what you're going to end up having is imagine if JK Rowling only released 10,000 original copies of Harry Potter that were NFTs or even a hundred thousand, she would be making substantially more money than she would be right now. It's the same because they just print more books. It's the same reason why inflation is so high. We just print more dollars. We have a problem, print more money, right? Mm -hmm. That's what's been going on. So with NFTs, you're setting a limit. And the same thing with Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. With Bitcoin, there's only a certain amount in supply. You, don't pr you cannot print more. You mm -hmm. can't print more Ethereum. So that's why the value is always going to be going up. And that's why the volume, the value of the dollar is always going down. So with same thing with the Harry Potter books, the more that there are in circulation, the less you're going to be able to sell your Harry Potter book for. And in turn, the less JK Rowling is going to make the author. Imagine if there are only a hundred thousand original copies, each one would be selling for tens of thousands, 
right now. <laughs> and if, because if that were the only way to read it, I mean, like it, you can go watch the movies, but everybody's going to want to read the book. And then she gets a large percentage of that 10% of all the secondary sales, let's say, or even higher 50% of all the secondary sales if she builds her own platform. So things like that, I think are where everything's going to go. Well, could you see, I think it's easier in fiction versus nonfiction, but like in, in Harry Potter, for example, and what you're doing, like with Goat Society, it's all these images, right? Like baseball cards. So if she had an, uh, like 10 images for each character in Harry Potter that some were rare the way that they created them. And then even the smart contract, there might be some special something. Well, not, not only character. that, but imagine if she built out the characters from the movie as NFTs, and then you can go buy them as NFTs and play through the exactly. story, play through the story in the metaverse. You mm -hmm. know, it's Harry, a Harry Potter world in the metaverse. The only way you can access the Harry Potter world is if you buy a spell book NFT and you buy a character NFT. And there's only a certain amount of spell books and a certain amount of characters. And every character you pick has a different storyline. And every spell book you pick has a different storyline in the Harry Potter metaverse they can build. Now it's, that would be cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I would want to do that. Mm -hmm. a, I'm a huge Harry Potter guy. And if JK Rowling said, we are making a metaverse Harry Potter world where if you buy one of our characters for $2,000, you can play through all of Harry Potter in the metaverse as that character. I would do it. And with every single character too. Yeah. Like, that that would just be sounds amazing. so cool to me. So that could be transcended into any fictional book that they could do that. Yeah, um, and even nonfiction too. If you like a lot of people would enjoy doing a metaverse tour of what life looked like when let's say the book is about Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would want to see, wow, this is what New York looked like during the Martin Luther King era, right? To get a better understanding of what was going on. We went, I recently went to, with my family, we all went to a Vincent Van Gogh museum and they had a virtual reality experience in the museum. Mm -hmm. It walked you through what life looked like back when Vincent Van Gogh was alive. And it was really cool. Those are all really cool things that we can do in the metaverse. And that's where I think for nonfiction, it's going to go. So you write a, the documentary, let's say it's on the documentary of my life. I'm at my grandparents' house right now. Th it would be cool if I included something in my book about my grandparents' house, that it's a significant place for me, that in the future, we do a metaverse scan of the entire house and put it into the metaverse. Hey, Remember this part of the book, you can now go and walk into my house in the metaverse and see what it was like. I wonder how it would work for like books on leadership and things like that, that they're giving their advice and you how to do things. How would you transcend that? So you could transcend that into the metaverse in a few ways. I would say that you could do a metaverse, like you buy the book. As and an NFT? Book grant, yeah, the, the book grants you an NFT ticket to a metaverse conference. So it's mm -hmm. a book conference, but it's in the metaverse. And the only way you're allowed to join is if you buy the book, which comes with the NFT like ticket. We're actually doing a project that's similar to that. Um, by the time this goes out, it, it, it will have launched already, but we are in the process of essentially building a comedy central, but for the metaverse, where you buy an NFT ticket and it grants you a as long as you hold that ticket, you mm -hmm. can come to every metaverse comedy show that these people put on. So Gabriel Iglesias is one of my favorite comedians. They call him Fluffy. Yeah. He will perform in the metaverse at the comedy club. And the only way to get in is if you own that NFT ticket. So same thing with if you write a nonfiction book about teaching something or a course you can hold an NFT teaching session, an NFT conference, mastermind, whatever. Yeah, and you could do that even without the metaverse. You could just be a special video that's accessed. It's not on YouTube or yeah. anywhere else that it comes with a ticket to that live, that was a recorded live event. Or a ticket to, a, it comes with an NFT ticket to a live event. 
Yeah. Then, but how do you resell that? Because if the live event only happens once, I know Gary V did that, that you got like unlimited tickets to his V, the V conference that he's putting on. But when wow. the V conference, then there's no value to that anymore. That, that's the inherent risk is that you rely on the people who own the project to keep their promise. But if you know deep down that you will always make sure that event goes on, then the value of that NFT will always go up. Yeah. If there's always that training and stuff. So normally I ask what you think the future of publishing is, but you gave us the future of everything in this interview. Is there anything else, any other predictions, or if you had to write a book, I know you put your books exclusively on your landing page and didn't opt to put it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any of those places. Why did you decide to do that? My entire life, I've been victim to whatever platform I was using. So I would own Instagram accounts and they would get banned by Instagram. I would watch YouTube videos and YouTube would take them down because they violated terms or whatever. Cause I like dark humor stuff. I like video games. Some video games are graphic. YouTube at one point didn't like rated M video games and they were thinking about banning them from the platform. So I wouldn't have been able to watch my call of duty YouTube videos when I played call of duty all the time. Like I'd always been victim to the platform and I don't like the idea of people taking my money anymore. I had to pay taxes for the first time two years ago. That wasn't fun. I hated the idea that the government was taking money from me and redistributing it in places that I don't know where it's going, especially in such a large percentage of my income. I don't know how we got to a point where 40% of your income gets taken away. And it's the same way with, let's say you publish a book and I know that you do a lot of Amazon publishing And that's great for publicity and the credibility. So if you're looking for publicity and credibility and you don't have a way personally to market your book on your own platform to a point where it's going to perform, if you're going after being a number one best-selling author, Amazon and those mainstream platforms is the way to go. If you're like me, I just made the ebook to make money. I already have my clarifications. I want to teach people about NFTs and make money at the same time. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm not like one of those people who sells a course that says, oh, it's $300 to compensate me for my time. But really why I put it out is to help everybody. I'm not like that. If I knew that I could make money off of the knowledge that I earned, then I wouldn't go and share it. That doesn't, if you knew the winning lottery numbers, why would you give them out for free? I know the winning lottery numbers. That's why I'm putting it into a book. But it's the same way for going to Grant Cardone's 10X Growth Con. You got to pay to go. Grant wants to help people, but he wants to be compensated for it too. And I think everybody should have that mindset. If you know something and if you want the credibility rather than, I guess, if you don't care about Amazon taking whatever percent that they do, and you want to be able to say that you're a number one best-selling author, then go with Amazon. The reason I didn't is because actually thanks to elite online publishing, I am a number one Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author. So I already have that credibility. That was all through Amazon. So since I had that credibility, I now have the ability to go and do my own platform where we keep more of the money. It's easier profit. We don't make money off the Instagram page. That's another thing. We're reinvesting everything right now. So the only way that I get paid for my time is through the ebook. It was just like an added thing. And I've had a lot of people who buy it and tell me that it was super helpful. We added another 30 pages last week. So as much as it is, good to make money from it. If people weren't getting value out of it, then we wouldn't be selling it. And that's why we added more pages. And that being said, you do give a lot of value just by agreeing to be on this interview. You're giving tons of information and helping people along the way. So I think that's twofold. Like you say, you're out to to make money, but you also really give a lot of content and help people along the way. But you're right. You've got it. That's what we're all going for is how to hone our expertise, share it with others, but also be able to profit at the same time. I think it's true. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice to help. I've helped a lot of people for free. I had a, a friend from high school who just got out of rehab, who was trying to get his life back together. And he told me he was working as a server. He's making like $2,000 a month, but he was miserable. I told him he could come work for me. He could probably match the income. I just said that he could, I didn't say that quit your job and come work for me. I said, I could probably find somewhere for you, but don't do anything yet. And then he texted me the next night and was like, hey, I quit my job, by the way. Like, when can I start working for you? And it just threw me into this loop. I've had people do that before, but this guy was different. I just felt like he could do it. And 
I didn't charge him to get my help and get taken under my wing and be a part of my businesses, but it's been a month. He's making more money than he ever has before, probably six figures a year worth of income. And he's my age, but it's because we like to help people. I like to help people. With somebody like that, I knew that he needed my help. And it was something that he does make me money. Right. So there's just a lot of ways to help people, but also at the same time, it's nice to donate to charity. I've donated to charity, have charity organizations with members of my family. So always help people. But if it's helping people in business, then you should still be business minded and realize yeah. that their business is cyclical and cynical. So you tend to grow exponentially every 30 days as I watch you. Like now all of a sudden you've just taken this new leap into the metaverse. So I just know you're now going to be the master of the metaverse coming up in the next yeah. 60 days as I follow your journey along with all of that. Where would you tell a business person right now? So an author, business person, all this seems like it's going so fast. Not everyone is as fast as you. What should they do? What should be their next three moves do you think that they should do for their business, whether they have a book or they don't? First thing I would say for your business, figure out if you've got money to spend or money to waste is a better way to say it. Do I, can I waste money right now? Because like I've said a bunch of times, failure was huge. And if I didn't have the $100,000 buy-in or $50,000 buy-in to be a part of GOAT Society, to put up basically money for advertising expenses and all that, then I wouldn't have been able to make the money that I did and get into the space. Tell me that. St- tell me the story of the Discord. I remember you told me that story before how you experimented, never done Discord before, did a financial Discord, but because oh, yeah. you learned from there, that was a great, and you consider that a failure. Tell that story. Obviously, we've talked about Discord huge NFT community building place right now. And I wasn't familiar with Discord, but I started a stock trading Discord server where people would pay me every month to basically get my investment advice. And it was making like $5,000 a month, but it was a side hustle business. It wasn't making me enough to, it wasn't making me near enough to be a priority to me tried to pawn it off to some other people, like somebody like the assistant that I have now, but I didn't have him at the time. And it just fell through the cracks. But I learned a lot about Discord through doing that server, about monthly subscriptions, about attrition rate for subscribers in the financial space and building a community and making them feel like they're cared about. So I took that and then transferred it over to when we started doing the NFTs, I had all of that knowledge from that failure that was the stock trading discord that I never thought I would get any value. I thought it was a complete waste of time. Now coming in the discord, I'm being interviewed for these projects and talking to my partners at GOAT about how we need to run this discord. And because of my previous experience from that failure, I was able to properly do it now in a completely different space. So That's why like number one, figure out if you have money to waste. And then number two, just waste it. Go think of something that you think is a good idea that you might not even think is going to work, but just do it. And like a lot of my business and my success was throw something at a wall and see if it sticks. And if it doesn't, then pick up another load and throw it in another wall and see if it sticks. And then if it does, then keep doing it. So with me, it's just always been spend money, try and figure it out, try and figure it out. Then one thing hits and then you milk that for all it's worth and try and build a business out of it until you have seven different businesses making you 70,000 a month. That's the goal. The goal is higher, but I'll start with that. What I've noticed too about your journey is that it's like the lesson really is as a business owner, you have your business. Don't keep yourself in that box. Go try things, go learn things, go listen. It doesn't have to cost money all the time, but it can cost time of educate yourself, watch a bunch of YouTube videos on a certain topic and then learn it and then actually jump in the space and do it because that's how you learn to do it. And that's how I've seen you do it over and over again is like, oh, this metaverse thing seems cool. Let me go in. Let me do it. Let me try it. Let me see what I have to do. Let me put a, spend a couple thousand dollars and see if I can create one or what I have to do to make it. And then, and really jump in and master everything and that you can learn about it. And then if it works, if it doesn't, but 
you've learned something along the way of your journey to increase your business. Yeah, 100%. And figure out if you got money to waste, figure out where to waste it, waste it, obviously, or use it. And then the third piece is obviously, if it works, even if you don't understand it, go through with it, find people who are smarter than you. But if you're trying to get in the metaverse and NFTs and stuff, that, that's the best piece of advice is you just have to dive in. I was never one built for school. If I wanted to be good at it, I could be. I would go from having a 1.9 GPA to a 4.2 within a year of each other, yeah. just based on if I wanted to try in school or not. So that being said, obviously I dropped out of college. I never was learning properly from sitting in a classroom and like being told what to do. I only learned from, and this is the best way in my mind to learn. The best way to learn is to write the check, right? You want to learn about NFTs? You can read about it. And that's probably the smarter thing to do. Like for me, when I wanted to learn how to invest in the stock market, I just wrote a check for $30,000, sent it to Charles Schwab and just started putting money in random things. And I lost a lot and I made a lot and it probably all evened out at one point until I figured out what I was doing. Cause that you learn through experience. And that's the biggest value is like, why is Gary V's knowledge worth more than my knowledge? Cause he's had however many years of experience of success, but more importantly, failure to where he has failed so many times that he knows exactly what to do to not fail again. And because he's failed so much, if he fails one more time, that failure, he probably learns more than he ever did from his first failure. Because he's, wow, I did all of this that I learned from my previous ones. And the only variable that changed was this. And now I've cracked the secret formula to basically never fail again. And then I'm sure you'll fail again, but, uh, but yeah. As you jump in there, Nathan, jump. thank you so much for, for coming on this interview. Can't tell you how much we appreciate the generosity of your time, your information and everything that you've learned was sharing us. You gave us, I think it just blew our minds into the universe with everything else that's opening up and trying to keep up with it. So we know that you're the one to come to, to, for the latest and the greatest of what's happening next. Yeah. Yeah. Weekday rehab on Instagram. If you guys want to DM me any questions or anything, my DMs are always open. I'll try and respond to everybody as well. Thanks, Nathan. Really appreciate you coming by. Of course. Yep. Thank you. If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you.